Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 28 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Betley. Another, well, another full weekend of football, no Monday night game. Don't know why, but got some Champions League coming up this week as well, which is going to be exciting. We'll talk all about that today. Uh, we're going to kick straight off, though, because I cannot wait to get to one particular game today. Um, we're going to kick off, though, with the early kickoff on Saturday, which was Crystal Palace versus Brighton. It finished 2 1 to Brighton. Uh, since the start of last season, Crystal Palace have been awarded 19 penalties in the Premier League, six more than any other side. Well, they uh, don't score any other way, so... That is true. Um, Andone was injured in the warm-up for Brighton. We'll start with this. Um, and that allowed uh, Glenn Murray to come in. He's finally got his 100th goal for Brighton. He's uh, scored in his last four appearances versus Crystal Palace in all competitions. But he still doesn't celebrate, because he used to play he no. used to play for them. He's um, just a consummate professional, in my opinion. Yeah... He is. Um, again, like I think we said it last week. Like I just don't think Brighton play very well when he doesn't play <coughs> well. And again, that was proven on Saturday, and that he played well, and they won. Um, uh, yes, but early on in the game, twenty seconds in, in fact, um, it might have been twenty-eight. So twenty-eight yeah. seconds in, um, Knockart goes in on Milivojevic. I think it was. Uh, yes. Um, it, I can't remember it being shown on Match of the Day, but you said they did a feature on it after. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't in the match highlights, but then they were like, uh, "Look at this card for you. What what color? Um, red. Same. I think they were lucky. Obviously, Knockout scored a blinder to settle the game, um, but played ninety minutes with ten men. <laughs> Yeah, and 90 minutes with against a side that have... I mean, you see often, don't you, sides go down to 10, it becomes very workmanlike for the team with 11. But actually, Palace do have players where, in a numerical advantage situation, can hurt you. Yeah. Zaha, Townsend, they're all players that can, like, create space and yeah. stuff. Um, Palace have scored just 11 goals in 15 games at home this season. When I read that start, it like massively surprised me. They uh, haven't had as many penalties as they thought they would get. That's yeah, that problem. is true. But I mean, it surprises me. Bearing in mind the uh, obviously they've had Benteke up front for like half the season, but bearing in mind the firepower that they've got generally, like Zaha and Townsend, and I mean it's not like Benteke and AU are terrible players. Like they, Benteke was banging them in not even that long ago. Why do you think they found it so hard at home, but found it so easy away? Um, teams defend against, like set up to defend against them. I don't think a bit like when Liverpool play. I don't think their three midfielders in behind their front three offer enough. Yeah, I mean Milivojevic scores a lot of goals, but he's their top scorer from, since from twelve like, yards out. Yeah, yeah. He's when their, the ball's static, I think he's their top scorer. Um, for the last two seasons or something like since the start of last season or something he's got the most goals oh, since his I've got a stat here since his Premier League debut he's scored nine more penalties than anyone else that's madness yeah um, although also, I have to I say I to tell you go on. on a completely unrelated note I scored a worldie of a free kick on FIFA last night from about 45 <laughs> yards with who? Rashford <laughs> it was he's overly good at free kicks um 
that puts Palace and Brighton on the same points, but Palace have a uh, Brighton have a game in hand. Palace have a better goal difference. Uh, I think Brighton's game in hand is against Chelsea. <coughs> yeah, Brighton's game in hand is against Chelsea. So they're on thirty-three points. They're five above the relegation zone. Palace a few weeks ago, we were like definitely safe. They were quite far ahead of everyone. They were they were pushing for that top. Uh, like into that middle tier of the Premier League, um, are they being? I know we, I know we want to create drama because it's the Premier League, and um, but again, we'll talk about Cardiff in a bit. Like they're picking up results as well. Are they being? Are Palace being sucked back in? Are they? I know we talked about Batshuayi, but again, he was a bit off on Saturday. What do you think? So, uh, the commentator on the highlights said. Both of these teams are now just likely one win away from guaranteed safety. Yeah. But actually, if Cardiff, Southampton, Burnley keep on picking up points, actually, it's going to be more than that. Well, like, we were we were looking. Burnley's upturn in form a few weeks ago, um, and they're still and, right down. And, there. and they're they're only two points above the relegation zone. I mean, you can put unlike the Championship where you can probably just put a run of results together in the championship and go from 17th to... I mean, Bolton could still get into the playoffs. I'm holding out hope. I mean, there's more likely Newcastle winning the league this season than that happening, but OK. Um, yeah, you can put a run of results together. You can finish, like, 8th, even if you're 7th. Like, if Millwall, right now, were to wait, go on a run and not lose any of their last 10 games, they could go and finish in, in the top 10 which is the madness of the championship whereas in the Premier League it's slightly different because all the teams at the bottom now are vying for points and it's sucking other teams in I mean would you have said that uh, like even three weeks ago that you'd be looking at teams like Bournemouth Bournemouth and Everton and saying they're only nine points off the relegation zone I know there's ten games left but yeah Hotting up, yeah, it's hotting up, and, <coughs> and teams are getting sucked in. I mean, you can talk about that at the top as well. Spurs were nine, ten points ahead of Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, and now they're being sucked into that battle for fourth, which we'll get uh, uh, battle for third and fourth, which well, we'll, we'll get into in a bit. In. They're not, they're not, they're Exa- not all getting sucked exactly. In. No so guarantee. it's really hotting up at the bottom of the league, and like I've said about Brighton before this was a really good win for Brighton I thought um, yeah. because they've not been playing well at all I don't think they were particularly excellent on Saturday I just thought they were better than Work, Palace workmanlike yeah. I mean that's what you'd say about Brighton they're never going to play unbelievable football because they don't have the players to do that yeah that's fair they, they all sort of they all have to add up to more than the sum of their parts if yeah. that makes sense which they do more often than not um, and I think good coaching as well. Yeah, helps I think Chris Hutton's massively underrated. Actually, do you think they should have had a penalty, Brighton? Uh, remind Scott, me. Scott Dan's got his hands all over Shane yes. Duffy at a corner. Yeah, but then equally, I thought um, Palace should have had a penalty as well. They did have a penalty. Uh, another penalty where Tompkins like controls the ball and Knockart sort of like. Knockout comes between him and the ball, uh-huh. but doesn't take the ball. And he oh, sort of I saw does this. that. And I thought, <sighs> I sort of I thought, thought it was right on the stroke of half time, wasn't yeah. it? I, for me, Tompkins goes down a little bit too easily. Yes, but again, like we've said before, it if you don't go down, cl- you don't get the it's penalty. A bit clumsy. Yeah, though. like just you've seen them given. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've written here. I felt like 
that both of them weren't given sort of balanced it out yeah. actually although I feel like it would have been a different game if Knockout gets sent off in the first, yeah. first 30 seconds or whatever it was it's going to be interesting <coughs> to watch these two their form over the next like even just two weeks because if they if Cardiff and teams like that keep picking up points they're gonna they're gonna fall basically yeah. they're gonna fall down the league um, alright next up question go on do you think we've ever had a <coughs> sorry I appear to have lost the ability to speak <laughs> um, do you think we've ever had a Premier League season where there's been such intense battles going on the top two are like and then the race for the top four there's like four teams vying for two spots and then this relegation battle not for the and you would say Europa League spots as well to be fair I mean, and 20th have gone yeah um, but like the battle for Ed, like who's getting that final I can't I can't think spot. in recent in recent times because you've had like title battles but then it's been clear cut as to who's going down yeah um, who won the league cup City, City so sixth yeah. also get a Europa League uh-huh. place uh, the winner of the FA Cup will get Europa League and if um, it's someone who's if, already in the top well this is what six, I said no, I think I said last week was Watford and uh, Wolves Go for it. Well, we'll get on to Watford um, in a bit because they rested players, but we'll get on to them in a bit. Anyway, Cardiff versus West Ham. Another team down there. Cardiff won 2-0. Uh, West Ham are without a win in six away Premier League games uh, after, after winning each of the three before that. Uh, perfect start for Cardiff, though. Six minutes in uh, and they score. Uh, but actually... It seemed like a fairly routine win for Cardiff, did you not think? Uh, yeah. That was sort of like how they were playing before their little blip. I just think that blip came at the really wrong time for them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Saul Bamba's been ruled out for the rest of the season. I felt like they played a lot better because he wasn't in the side. Um, mm-hmm. They looked a lot more defensively sound, although I have to say West Ham didn't really offer that much. Uh, no, the closest they came was a shot from Rice and yeah, hit the post, post. about 25 yards or something yeah with uh, and that that was in the last 20 minutes or so um, I liked how Hernandez didn't even complain when he got booked for oh, diving that was ridiculous he's fallen over fresh air there yes. he's, he's just got up and gone yeah yeah my bad my bad <laughs> Um, I've written here contender for miss of the season from Nias not the one where the keeper saves it from two yards out but when he's through one on one and he puts it unbelievably wide oh yeah yeah I was just I think there's been worse misses than that but, but in terms was, of one like, on one it didn't even hit so the target bad. it was yeah. you know what he had a spell for Everton I think it was maybe at the end of last season under Allardyce yeah classic. where he was he was really good and he was like I was surprised that Marco Silva didn't sort of give him a chance bearing in mind they've got like Cenk Torsen and uh, Dominic Carvalhoon I feel like Nias is the sort of player that would go into that Everton side and get grab a, grab a few goals to be honest um, but he is um, I mean we're comparing him to two other like donkey like players aren't we there I mean he's not a Premier League striker I think if he stays at Cardiff he'll do well in the championship if they go down but other results didn't really go Cardiff's way um, this weekend so they're still in the bottom three I reckon they will have gone in at half time and they would have been ahead Southampton losing Newcastle losing um, 
Burnley not playing and they would have been like oh this is perfect do you think that will have a like detrimental effect over the next coming weeks like that sort of they must have been on a high at half time and then they've come out of the game and then actually no further forward than where they were do you think that'll have a a negative effect on like mentality um, well, I think that's probably been their mentality for most of the season it's just like picking up points where they can uh-huh. Because uh, if, if they stay up, that's like their Champions League, really, isn't it? Because if you look at their squad, you wouldn't say that you'd ever expect... We we didn't think they'd get close. I think no. we predicted them to come 20th. Yeah, I think we did. Um, so I think that's testament to how good a job Neil Warnock's done, actually. I think, yeah. And, uh, the, I mean, remember this moment where I actually say something good about Neil Warnock. He's actually done wonders with this Cardiff squad. I would say, at times, his conduct has been questionable but in terms of what he's done on the pitch with the team I think he's done a really good job to be honest Um, however on the flip side West Ham after being in a fairly okay run of form lose um, very inconsistent is this what's holding West Ham back from going into that next tier of clubs Um. I mean, they're four points off Watford. I think they they don't actually have a very big squad when you look at it of players that can actually play at the highest level. Like the levels of performance that they've produced with their strongest eleven on the pitch, there's not actually very many players beyond that starting eleven that can get to that level. No, but their starting eleven is very very good. You would say that. I mean. You think, okay, Saturday is a game that they would have been targeting for three points. If they'd won that game, they'd be one point behind Watford and two points behind Wolves. They're in that race for seventh. They would have been, for me. I mean, they can still get into it, but I just think that... Personally, I just think that they should be doing better with the starting eleven that they have, and there are improvements that need to be made to the squad, but losing against Cardiff, for me, is like kind of... Um, Sums the season up a bit. Yeah, I mean they were so like I have to say they were really good last week against Newcastle and they, and they, uh, over the last few weeks they've been playing quite well. But then you know like a two 0 loss against Cardiff, there was no fight. I just feel like that's what's missing from West Ham that like desire and that fight and players like um, Felipe Anderson got his name right. Yes. Um, not Anderson, Anderson Silver. Silver. Uh, Felipe he even is Anderson Silver. He's a wrestler, I think. Yeah. Um, Felipe Anderson. I think I feel like he's using West Ham as a stepping stone, and that he's like content with putting in a performance like every one in three games. Or, but you think you know I mean? shop window last ten games of the season. Well, that that's that's what you've got to look at. I mean, there's eight games left in the Premier League. Can West Ham turn it on for eight games and push for seventh? No. Are they... Because I think they'd be relying on Wolves and Watford slipping up a little yeah. bit. And I, I don't think that will happen. We saw, like, a, well, with Wolves' performance this weekend, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, all right, anything else to say on that game? Uh, no. Cool. Uh, oh, ho- go on. Yeah. Junior Hoyler has scored 16 goals in all competitions for Cardiff under Neil Warnock. Really? How long's that been? Two seasons? That's alright to be fair for a winger. He's not a bad player to be fair. He was he said he played in the Premier League when he was really young, was I think for it was for Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah. How old is he now? Is he like 
late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, must be late twenties. Yeah. He was he was one of those players where you where you thought like he could probably get a move to like a lower league Premier League team and then kick on from there, but just never really happened for him. Just never really happened for him. Um, all right, next up we've got Huddersfield versus Bournemouth. It finished two nil to Bournemouth, um, who ended a run of nine consecutive Premier League away defeats. Uh, for me. Callum Wilson took all the headlines, but for me, man of the match was Ryan Fraser. We've spoken mm-hmm. about we had a podcast named after Ryan Fraser. In fact, one of the early podcasts. They're a completely different team when Wilson, Brooks, and Fraser are all. Oh fit. yeah, like they're another team who's starting eleven when they're like their strongest starting elevens available. They're just on another level to some of their squad players. I think the thing that separates them from West Ham is that the. Before this season, you wouldn't have called Callum Wilson a luxury player, would you? No. They don't have any luxury players in their squad. They are a team, and that's why they're doing so well. Kind of reminds me of like when Leicester won the title. Like They didn't have any superstars, really, in their team. Obviously, they had players that have gone on to become superstars, but at the time, they weren't. They were a team of collective players. Um, and that's what Bournemouth remind me of in terms of like they all seem like their mates and they go out on the pitch and they enjoy themselves um, Fraser got an assist for Wilson's goal who basically uh, like chested it into the back of the net and uh, grabbed a goal as well um, Southgate was there the England squad's announced tomorrow we're going to talk about this a little bit later on but is Wilson guaranteed yeah, that 100%. England spot even though he hasn't been playing recently yeah well he's not been playing because he's been injured yeah and actually we were discussing this in the pub weren't we on Sunday if Wilson was injured who else is going to get called up yeah I mean it's quite scary how we've got a lot of options in certain areas but in key areas we don't have that many and we'll get onto that in a bit not playing ones anyway Um, but yeah again I thought Bournemouth the fairly routine victory for, for Bournemouth uh, on the flip side though Huddersfield who are uh, all but down now um, they didn't score again um, but Jan Siever again we're going to talk about him after the um, after the game it was it was refreshing to hear a manager say we were shit in the first half basically I think they've improved a lot oh yeah definitely I think in the championship they could there's a lot of ifs and buts but I, I just give him some time they're playing I, there looks like there's more of a style there than when Wagner was there. I think David Wagner got them playing as a team. Yeah. But that only gets you so far, I think. They kept think- them up last season, but I don't. I think this season was pretty much always going to be a bridge too far. I think we both said they would finish 19th this season. I think we're, we're seeing the benefits of <coughs> Sievert's experience as like a coach. Yes, definitely. Well, that's the difference. Like when when you talk about, um, I mean, teams that have won the title. I mean, a lot of the time you've got coaches that you've got a amazing backroom staff and a good motivator at the front, or you've got a really re- very very good coach at the front rather than like a a manager. And I don't think that you can have. Like I feel like Ranieri's problem was he is a good motivator, but he didn't have necessarily a very good backroom staff behind him at Fulham. Uh-huh. Whereas he did at Leicester, um, and he had the benefits of uh, the 
director of football that went to Everton who bought all the players like Kante and Mahrez and all that for like peanuts basically so he had the advantage of of all of that behind whereas I don't feel like he had that at Fulham like he had Scott Parker who is not necessarily uh, experienced coach at this moment in time not saying that he's not going to be a great coach in the future but at this moment in time I mean he wasn't um, Shakespeare was he no so good old William yeah sorry (laughs) Craig 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 um, so I think that Huddersfield will benefit from having a strong coach who's worked with good players at Borussia Dortmund yeah. as well um, and it, he'll have like um, like Wagner will have some pull when if if and when they do get back to the Premier League which kind of um, with Siva in charge I kind of hope that they do put a challenge in next season Mm-hmm. Uh but we'll have to st- have to wait and see because again, like we say, it depends how much of their squad is going to stay intact. Uh, there was no real controversial decisions in that game. Sort of run of the mill. There was a penalty shout for an Aki challenge on Pritchard, but nah, not, that, not, not for me. me. Um, yeah, it's kind of run run of the mill, run of the mill. Um, all right, next up, uh, talking about Fulham, we're going to go Leicester versus Fulham. It was three one to Leicester. Vardy has now scored 74 Premier League goals since the start of the 2014-15 season. Only three players have scored more. Who are they? Kane. Yep, 122. Lukaku. Yeah, 81. Got one more. Aguero. Yeah, 109. Very well done. Um, lovely little break for Leicester's first goal. Um, Vardy fed uh, Tielemans in. Well, I mean, it was... Wasn't it a Fulham mistake again? Yeah, more defensive problems. Um, T. Elements, I want to talk about. We, obviously, we talked about him when he got the transfer. Uh, I thought he would be really good. I, I, I kind of didn't expect him to be as influential as he is being. Uh, how do you feel like his first few games in the Premier League have been? And Considering what, he's had uh, two different managers already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think how Rodgers likes to set up will benefit his style of play as well. He's only on loan, so do you think he'll get a move? Uh, I think Leicester will hope so. Yeah, I it takes agree. a bit of pressure off Madison as well. Yeah, definitely. It's like he's like another creative force in that midfield, mm-hmm. isn't he? Um, Vardy scored his hundredth goal in the eighty-fourth minute. He's the first uh, since Gary Lineker to reach a hundred for Leicester. Um, we talked about um, Vardy replacements in the past. Uh, who's go- who do you think can go in and do a job for Leicester up front? Because Ianacho, who uh, at the time when City sold him, I was a bit like, oh, that seems a bit of a weird one, but he hasn't done it at all for Leicester. So you have to say though, the way Rodgers is looking to play, that sort of suits Vardy. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that, as like from what I saw on Saturday. I felt like plan A is easily stoppable. Stoppable, yeah. I mean, they basically played Vardy in behind for every chance. Like, they didn't have a chance in any other way. They literally passed Apart the ball the through. Yeah, I know that was uh, that was again played Vardy yeah. through. Like every chance, pretty much every chance they had was just a ball in behind and Vardy running onto it. I don't. I can't think of anyone. Uh, che Adams from is it Che Adams from uh, Birmingham? 
He's like a similar sort of quick striker. Gary Bathurst will love you for saying that. Yeah. Um, well, no, he won't because uh, if he gets sold. Um, he's a, uh, from what I've seen of him, similar sort of striker, but I can't think of anyone in particular that's very Jamie Vardy like. Maybe they should look at getting uh, like a young player in on loan from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at who's the lad who plays up front for United? Is Mason Greenwood a centre forward? I don't know. Um, Came on on Sunday though, didn't he? Yeah, you know, a, a player in that sort of ilk. You wonder if um, Damari Gray might get changed into a forward, but then does he have the ability to do that? You're looking for a quality centre forward with pace. As a Whoa! oh, the studio's falling attacked. apart. <laughs> that happened in slow motion. Well, nearly died. All right, the amount of noise that you shouted out there for a piece of soft material was nearly died. Disproportionate. Nearly died. You're looking at a centre forward with pace. That's why they cost a hundred million. So for a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard to replace him. I think. Um, Fulham, on the other hand, sinking without a trace. Um, when we do our season review, we'll we'll talk about this more, but. How disappointed do you think Fulham will be with the way that this season's planned out? Because they went into the season with so much hope and so much expectation. They spent over 100 million quid. Um, they uh, brought in some exciting players like Schurler and Mitrovic. And like in, this, in January, they brought in Babel and Chambers and all these players, right? How disappointed do you think they'll be with the way that this is planned out? Yeah, hugely. They were clearly making investment for like long-term Premier League survival. Uh, they forgot about defending. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, they've not really had a good enough goalie. I mean, we've seen a he few... He made a good save on yeah, Saturday. We've Rico. seen in the last few weeks, so he's started to make a few mistakes, yeah. Sergio Rico. Um, he's better than the other guy. Better Nelly. It sort of disproves the theory, doesn't it? Oh, the best defence is a good offence. Yeah. No. No, is uh yeah, you're right there. You're I've right got a there. fact for you. Aite is the second Togolese player ever to score in the Premier yeah. League after Emmanuel Adebayor. Correct. Yeah. Um Yeah, Fulham uh are now what is it? Eleven points off safety. Oh, sorry, no. 11 points off Cardiff who are in 18, 13 points off safety. I feel a bit sorry for Scott Parker. He's on a hiding to nothing there. Yeah. How long till? How many games until these two are mathematically down? It'll be three or four. Three or four. Still, yeah. Well, I think we can safely say that there are one, two, three, four, five, arguably six teams vying for one relegation space now. And every result is going to be going to be crucial and Huge. goal difference is going to be crucial as well you would say onto a side that arguably are not in the uh, relegation battle anymore it was Newcastle versus Everton it was finished 3-2 to Newcastle United uh, who won a Premier League game from two goals down for the first time since beating Everton no oh since you see that stat that the Perez had scored when last the last time Newcastle beat Everton 3-2 Oh really? Yeah. Uh, it was the first time no since idea. October two thousand and three, and it was against Fulham, and it was under Sir Bobby. Oh. Um, let's let's go through chronologically in this game because there's a, a lot to talk about um, uh, in parts anyway. So it started off, um, Everton dominated the first half, um, or the first part of the first half anyway. Calvert Lewin uh, ball in from Dinier, brilliant ball in. 
Uh, after a poor clearance from Matt Ritchie, Lascelles, don't know what Lascelles is doing. Carver Lewin glanced header in. Um, got a text from uh, from Ryan, who's an Everton fan. And so that goal went in. Carver Lewin for England, and I was like, "You are the most deluded person I think I've ever met in my like life." Like Ollie bagging on about Chilwell this being was, the best left back in England. Yeah, let, like, let me just say, you, uh, for for the listeners, if you don't know this goal, and Josh Bentley, if you don't know this goal, the Shearer goal versus Everton. Uh, in the early 2000s I think it was is it a screamer oh it's just it's for me in the top three or four uh, Premier League goals ever and probably Shearer's best goal ever Mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous I saw some Everton fans being like Baines Leighton Baines was the best is the best left back of the Premier League era in his prime well, Ashley that's, Cole. That's bollocks. I wouldn't even have him in my top five. Ashley Cole. He was a good player. Patrice Evra. Yeah. Um, Irwin. Yeah, Dennis Irwin. Good shout. Um, Ricardo Gardner, of course. Yeah, obviously. That's, no, no way. <laughs> um, so, and also they said that, just good linking about, they said <coughs> that Baines's goal... Uh, against Newcastle a few years ago which was basically it was a good goal it was a good goal don't get me wrong was better than uh, Shearer's goal so if you haven't seen either of those goals go on YouTube and then you can let us know which goal is better I think you'll all agree that it's Shearer's goal unless you're an Evertonian basically Um, right so Everton go 1-0 up Carvert-Lewin scores good glance and header five of his last seven Premier League goals have been headers that doesn't surprise me at all his statistics for a striker do not make good reading he does get played out on the wing a bit though he does it 16 goals in 84 games for Everton though yeah that's not great that's stats for terrible alright now came the big talking point of the game or one of them anyway um, ball goes through uh, sorry ball gets crossed in Pickford Let's the ball go through his hands or doesn't catch the ball properly uh, but sort of tips it to one side Rondon runs through if he gets past he's got a tap in Pickford essentially then turned into an English international rugby player and uh, rugby tackles Rondon to the floor wasn't even given a yellow card thoughts? Um, red card three match ban for violent conduct uh, it was just and then he's like, he's straight up saying, I was going for the ball, I was going for the ball. Not only is he a vile human being, but he's also a liar. Yeah. Because there is no way he's going for the ball there. No way. Let me just read. I'm loving that. Oh, by the way, the first time at the weekend was uh, was the first time that I've been plagiarised on Twitter in that I posted... Uh, this photo that I'm holding up and showing Josh on Twitter and then it was plagiarised by many other people rather than rather than them retweeting me, bastards anyway where a player commits an offence against an opponent within their penalty area which denies an opportunity and obvious goal scoring opportunity and the referee awards a penalty kick, the offending player is cautioned if there was an attempt to play the ball so he should have got a yellow card anyway he said I'm going for the ball, didn't even get yellow in all other circumstances holding, pulling, pushing no possibility to play the ball the offending player must be sent off that to me like because there's the double jeopardy rule people were talking about the double jeopardy rule uh, about uh, you can't have a penalty and a yellow card but he's making 
absolutely zero attempt to go for the ball. And it's not even like a challenge that's acceptable. No. I mean... He's used his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. It is literally... It was literally a rugby tackle. Like, you can... If you watch it in real time, it's absolute madness what happened. And I was sat there watching the game like, oh, he's got to go. And then he, he didn't even get a yellow. And I was like, what? And then you missed the penalty. And then he saved the penalty. Yeah. It was a terrible penalty, I'll be honest. It was Matt Ritchie did not have the best first half. If you're going to go down the middle, you've got to go down the middle. Although there was some clown yeah. on Twitter being like, oh, um, Matt Ritchie, how many <coughs> times has he missed a penalty for Newcastle? Well, actually... <laughs> that was the first time yeah. um, and then he was like oh well regardless of that his time's up at Newcastle and then I was, I just sent the like face palm uh, gif of uh, Ryan Reynolds on a plane just like ugh because um, his time is not up at Newcastle I would say um, anyway 70 seconds later Everton bomb up the other end and score however Isaac Hayden is down with a head injury it's not the first time this season that Newcastle have conceded a goal when there's been a player down with a head injury um, should the game have been called back? Yes. It was. Well, I'll probably say this again later on, but it, I've never seen a referee have ninety minutes of horrendous decisions. We'll get onto some of the ones that went for Newcastle in a bit, but I've, it was just an awful referee Surely performance. One of the, the linesmen that's closest to it, or the fourth official, should be communicating to him. Yeah. There's a head injury, you need to stop the game. Yeah, it's absolute madness. I remember the, the Perez one against uh, against Wolves, where Bolly elbowed him in the face. He's literally bleeding all over the floor. And Wolves go up the other end and uh, nearly score. And it's like, well, what's the point in having this rule if you don't enforce it? Add it into it, yeah. Um, Anyway, Rafa changed things at half-time. He brought Paul Dummett on for Lascelles, who had a knee injury. Uh, and he went to... He stayed at the five at the back, but it was it was a four... It kind of changed into a four when we were attacking, so Richie was a little bit further up, um, and Dummett went to left-back. Uh, you would say that... I would say that that is the difference between Marco Silva and Rafa Benitez was that game and it proved it massively uh, brilliant brilliant finish by Rondon fantastic little chip over by Perez the the combination that they've sort of started to have Big together man, little man yeah it, I mean it's it's been brilliant Almiron didn't really grab the headlines in this game but do you think that Almiron is bringing the best out of Perez yeah definitely we're seeing a I'm seeing a side to Perez that I've not really seen before well he is now uh I think 11th on the all-time Newcastle United goal scorers list. He was one and a half million pounds from Tenerife. Let me just get up the official stat because he posted it uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, he has. He's thir- 13th with 27 goals. Um, he needs one more to break into joint 10th so with Gary Speed Oberfemi Martins and Craig Bellamy then he's in some esteemed company once you get into the top 10 you're talking obviously Shearer's top but then 46 goals Peter Beardsley 43 Schuller 43 uh, Andy Cole Les Ferdinand Papasisi Nobby Solano Robley I mean you're talking about club legends here mm-hmm. for one and a half million quid I think he's sometimes he will put he'll be he can be inconsistent he'll put in terrible performances um, where he's not really in the game however 
I think recently when Almiron's been in the side I think he's been brilliant and that was um, shown when he, he got his two goals two very well taken goals second one offside uh, yes yeah. but it wasn't just uh, so I don't think Perez is offside no what's the rule so once Rondon touches the ball he I don't, he doesn't become active then does it because it's another player that's touched there Perez were, doesn't become active, no, because he's not involved in the play. Yeah, but then but Rondon's active and Rondon's yeah, offside. Rondon's offside. So, uh, but you know, for me, justice done. Yeah, justice I agree. done. I agree. Um, because if VAR was involved, people can Everton fans can moan all day. Oh, if there's VAR, that's not a goal. But if VAR's involved, then Pickford's off. Yeah. Um, so and then Hayden's injury maybe chalked off. Mm, do you think? Is that something no. VR would look at or not? No, I don't think so. But I don't think different keeper. The ball wouldn't because the ball rebounded off Pickford's legs. Yeah. In order to be able for them to go up the other end. Um. Yeah. Um. And you say Almiron didn't grab the headlines, but like he essentially assisted Perez's yeah. first. He was. Um, I can't wait for him to score because he's going to have an even bigger smile on his face. Oh yeah, I know. He literally like smiles pigeon. all the time. He's like his a what? Like his a head pigeon like moves back and forth oh. when he walks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When pigeons move, yeah. they go like. I've never seen anyone described as a pigeon though. I don't think. No, is it the way he moves his head oh, when okay. he walks. Okay. He looks like a pigeon <laughs> when he walks. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. You went from he pigeon. smiles like a pigeon. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of the podcast this week. He smiles like a pigeon. Smile like a pigeon. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> this is why we don't do a music podcast. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Jordan Pickford had an erratic day. After Rondon went through in the first at uh, the start of the first half and chipped it over him again, dodge, some dodgy goalkeeping going on there, and he chipped it wide, he then ran towards the Newcastle fans with his tongue out like he just... Oh, he's in, a He's... And cocky, arrogant arsehole I've written here. Yeah. Uh, still England's number one? Um, technically, yes, but no. Do you want me to give you some statistics? Also, I've just got to give Callum Clark a shout-out because he tried to bring me, so I said podcasting, and he said, Giz a shout-out. Giz a shout-out? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hello, Do you want me Callum. to give you some statistics on Hit this? Me. Jordan Pickford. Eighty saves, sixty-five percent save percentage, which is lower than Ben Foster, Alex McCarthy, Jack Butland playing in the championship. Um, Tom Heaton, four errors leading to goals. This is this season. Uh, however, he has eight clean sheets, whereas Ben Foster has seven. Alex McCarthy has four. Joe Hart has four. Tom Heaton has two. But obviously, Tom Heaton's played less games. Um, that is three more errors than any of those other players. I think after last summer, he's established a slightly elevated opinion of himself. I agree. And I would say that he's sort of living off a couple of good games at the World Cup. Personally. I think he feels like he, he's a great England player. But actually, like to be a great England keeper, like people debate whether David Seaman was a great England keeper. And he had like, what, 70 appearances. Yeah. Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes later on. But actually... He was an incredible goalie. Oh, in one yeah. Premier League season, he conceded 18 goals. Oh, that's madness. That's madness. Yeah. Obviously, the defence helps, but he was he was so good. I just feel like 
a lot of football is about your mentality and about a player's mentality um, and the way that they approach the game and you find that I find that the best players players like David Silva Sergio Aguero their mentality is you never hear about spot them in, on. in the press do you? you never say oh they've given an interview going oh I'd never do what Alisson did yeah exactly You ne- yeah exactly and they did lol um, four times yeah exactly <laughs> you you exactly you don't hear about that whereas to good fans throughout the whole game, even if he is like sad Mac and bastard, like if you're good in the fans throughout the game, you are not concentrating on what you're doing. You're concentrating on whipping up this storm around you. I just feel like he's always trying to get the headlines. Um, Marco Silva, who is another one who I feel like uh, is a bit of a prick. Um, he bottled it basically on Saturday. It uh, was charged by the FA after basically having the balls to go up to the referee and say that he was shit, even though he didn't send off his goalkeeper. And he made some horrendous mistakes in the first half and throughout the game for both teams. I just think that he knows his job's under pressure. Yeah. He knows his job's under pressure. I find it funny that the. I think we spoke about it it was like a couple of months ago they had this thing and the chairman is saying oh um, like basically slagging off Silva and saying his job's under pressure and Silva sat right next to him and I just think that for what he spent in the summer and for the uh, for what he's done I just I just don't think he's uh, I just don't think he's done a very good job mm-hmm. Um I can't see him being in charge next season I know Everton fans patience growing thin with him and I'm not surprised what do you think? yeah I completely agree anything else to say on that game have I missed anything? five league wins at home in a row yeah and uh, that was where are you in the form chart? fourth fourth yeah from the last eight games buzzing and that buzzing and that we're now three points off Everton so we have 34 Everton have 37 one more win do you think a couple more yeah, wins one more win um, yeah you know what there Your was a period been noticeably where, better in the last two weeks oh, the, I, t- I have to say there was a time where I was o- over Christmas where I was thinking fuck if we make a podcast and then we go down do you know what cry. I did the other day because I'm sad go and on. spend a lot of time by myself at the moment uh, because that normally, makes it sound really sad no th- no no <laughs> That, that was sort of sarcastic yeah. <laughs> um, normally it gets to like there's eight games to go in the Premier League nine yeah. games to go and it's like oh what am I going to do all summer but I my I now keep a, a social calendar as well so I don't get things confused <laughs> and I've listed all the sports matches over the summer that I'm going to watch between the Premier League kicking off again football or just general no, sport just general sport and normally it's a bit like oh there's a bit of cricket on but there's so much sport to watch and I can't wait <laughs> uh, well, well we'll have some special podcasts over the summer because we're gonna we'll do a quiz and there's, I mean we've got some Can in- I? some more interesting things to talk about that but we're gonna have a few things over the summer some special transfer specials and stuff uh, you can do a cricket one by yourself if you want oh <laughs> it's like attending a cricket but match. I would if <laughs> if I mean I wouldn't have anything to say on a cricket podcast but I could be the lead. You could lead. Okay, I could, I could ed- try and educate. I'd just you. be like, he hit the ball really far. 
Because the format of the Cricket World Cup this summer is just like ridiculous. Is it? Well, yeah, it's only the top 10 teams in the world have been allowed to compete in it. Well, that's kind I mean, of good though because it just, is the World Cup. It's like the elite. Yeah, but it's there was no like there was like two spaces available. I think it was the top eight qualified automatically uh-huh. ranked in the world. But then it's it's just one massive round robin where everyone plays everyone once, and then there's semi finals and a final. Oh. oh, that's mad. Yeah, is it twenty uh, twenty? No, fifty over cricket. So that means that no, it's quite exciting. Okay. I'm going. I'm going to see New Zealand versus Afghanistan. <laughs> New Zealand versus Afghanistan. Is it here? Is it in the yeah, UK? Yeah, it's in the UK, yeah. Wow. I was going to say something then, but I probably shouldn't. Go on. Come on the ragheads, but I can't really say that. The ragheads? Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> if normally, I would go this. through and delete racial but slurs it's, from it, the but podcast. But it's not you saying it. But so. it's not me saying it this time. Oh, Maybe that should be the name, Only, of, the, to be fair, be the name of the episode. In, <laughs> definitely not. Um, smiles like a pigeon. The, the only... Uh, I don't know if people picked up on this, but we've only we've done twenty eight podcasts and only had to edit stuff out twice. And they were both you being homophobic. No, what like, one of them was you? Oh, talking about um, Emiliano Sala. Yeah, I piece. had to. Yeah, I had to edit that out. Anyway, let's move on to the next game before we quoting, say something. Right? I was quoting. <laughs> yeah, you can't quote stuff like that. Can't quote stuff like that. Anyway, let's move on before we get into more I trouble. Did, I didn't use Harvard quote. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Southampton versus Spurs. It was the final three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Um, it finished two one to Southampton, uh, who have now won twice against the big six, uh, twice against teams in uh, in the top six in the Premier League at home under Ralph Hasenhutl. Uh, so two out of three games. They didn't manage to win any against them under Claude Puel, <coughs> Maurizio Pellegrino, or Mark Hughes, which was fourteen games. So they won two out of three. Do you not think Pellegrino is Pellegrino? Yeah. That was a really odd appointment. It was, but I kind of get it. He was assistant manager to Rafa, I think, at uh, Real Madrid or someone like that. Okay. Like, um, Another really good game, actually. Uh, Ali and Kane combined for Spurs' first. Kane was really wasteful. He could have had about five or six yeah. goals. It's odd, isn't it? They were playing better when they, didn't ha- when they had all those players injured. And I just feel like they thought... Oh, we're back up to full strength. Don't yeah, need to try well, as hard. I mean, I think I said this after the first game that Kane came back and they lost, and I was like, well, why change a winning formula? Like, I get that he's back, and I get that you want to give him his goal bonus, but bring him on for the last 10 minutes if you 1-0 down, 2-0 down. And also, what does that say to the rest of your squad if you're going, oh, he's fit now, thanks? Yeah, exactly. Thanks, but no thanks. Um, 200 career goals for club and country for Harry Kane yeah, now. it's like. impressive, impressive. He is... Unbelievable, and I don't four season think, wonder, isn't he? I don't think he's going to be at Spurs next season. Uh, well, actually, with Zidane going, I to saw a very funny meme. Go on. Well, can a meme be a video? It's a little video. Yeah, it's like uh, it says Hazard when when you hear Zidane has just been reappointed at Madrid, and it's just a bloke just like legging it out of like a, <laughs> out of like a sports hall. Um. Yeah, with with Zidane going in at Real Madrid, I just think that that obviously that closes the door. Would I think? Could you imagine? You know what? There was a sorry to interrupt, but there was We're a just point. Two different There was a point in the season where um, Pochettino could have had his pick of jobs, and I just think now he doesn't. Yeah, he's missed the boat. He's almost been like too nice. Got to think for yourself sometimes. Yeah. 
Can you imagine, right, this is never going to happen because one of these players would definitely never go there, but a Real Madrid front three of Sterling, Kane and Hazard? Oh, it's possible. You say it might not happen. It's possible. I don't think Guardiola would let a player of his go to Real Madrid, although he already has done. So, I don't know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, Diaz, yeah. Yeah, yeah Raheem, but... Raheem we'll get, and Raheem. We'll, we'll get on to Raheem Stone in the next. If Raheem uh, goes thing. to, we can do a transfer one called Brahim and Raheem. If uh, <laughs> if Sterling goes to Real Madrid, look, I mean, we could do that. But sorry, I'm getting very. Dis- I've not had much sleep. My brain's not working. <laughs> Delirious. Um, different Southampton came out with the second half though. Valerie equalised and another magical free kick by James Ward Prowse. The same two goal scorers as last weekend. I yeah. wonder if that's ever happened. Same two goal oh, scorers in, the, in the same order as well. Oh, I don't know. Um, How much time got, have you got to go I've through? I've got a bit of an issue with Valerie's goal. Have you seen Danny Rose? Oh, he's terrible. He, but he lets it go through his legs yeah. in order for him to clear it on his left foot. Just clear the ball. Yeah. yeah. Ma- madness. You can see him. He's like, oh, I'm going to do a little step out. Oh, shit. Oh. There's a player there, yeah. Yeah. What a tip. He's dreadful. What a tip. He's dreadful. Um, James Ward Prowse. Again, we're talking about him because he's been absolute Unreal. quality. Do you know what I thought would be an amazing England midfield? Yeah. Rice, Ward, Prowse and Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah. I actually got excited in the chat. Well, that sounds a bit <laughs> odd. That sounds a bit odd. Oh, dear. That is not... <laughs> I've actually reduced Danny to a bed. That is not what I meant. I was contemplating this whilst showering after football last night, and I England's midfield. All I can say is, Josh is that it got me a bit excited in terms of thinking about those. This is not yeah. getting any, <laughs> any better. I thought that is like the perfect balance of midfield. You have got like yeah. your enforcer, you've got Ox who provides the energy, and you've just got a, like an absolute wizard. Yeah, I yeah. think Ward- it's just got a killer. Uh, it's just got. I mean, both feet actually, to be honest. Um, He's absolutely spot on, and his his delivery from set pieces is, and it's just ridiculous. So good. I've never seen anyone since David Beckham have consistent set pieces as good as him. You sort of knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, six goals in his last ten games, or something. Yeah. Which is more than uh, he scored for the last one and a half seasons, I think. Something yeah. like that. Unreal. Um, really, really good result for Southampton. Um, which puts them into 16-32 above the relegation zone again results didn't really go their way at the weekend with Brighton winning and Cardiff winning but I think we really them, like Hasenhull don't we for, yeah for, for them they've just got to be looking at um, uh, matching Cardiff's result basically that should be their yeah. inspiration what I liked about Hasenhull you come in 1-0 down against the top 6 side he could have just said no, keep it the same, you know, consolidate, hang in there, ten minutes to go, one nil down, we'll see what we can do. No, he brought off a defender and a forward and brought on Josh Sims and um is it Josh Sims? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Josh Sims and uh, Shane Long. Uh-huh. Two attackers, went for it, plays a really good style of football. They were the better team in the second half by a mile. Spurs did have a few chances, they had quite a few chances as well. It was quite an open game. But I think an open game suits Southampton because they've got players that can hurt you going forward. Yeah. I thought Vertonghen was lucky for a high boot on Sims. Yeah. Like, is the line in or out? I mean, the it line been is, a foul. It the was, line is in. 
But it, it was, I mean, it was a yellow card. It was horrendous. I just they didn't I, stop the game. No, I know. But, yeah, it's a weird one because I assume he knows he's there. He's battling for the ball. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, I, I mean, that rule is, is so unclear. It's like, like we spoke when Johnny was on the podcast at the start of the year. It's like, where is the, where do you draw the line? Because like you wouldn't lose goals like Rooney's overhead kick against Man City, and you would lose like some of the greatest got Bale in the Champions League final. You'd, you'd lose these goals. But those goals, their feet weren't near defenders' heads. Yes, but then we had a, uh, a conversation about this again uh, just after Christmas about players that if you don't know the players there and you do that and you catch them is that still a card is that like you can't if you don't know they're there then surely making a judgement that where Vertonghen's put his foot is yes I I agree with that but I'm I'm talking about the rule in general is unclear yeah Um, something that could be made more clear is Contact with a player's head that results in obvious distress results in an immediate stop in the but game. But then obvious distress we've seen going down. I remember one particular occasion of uh, <coughs> David Luiz going down. I think it was in the Champions League, and he rolls over. He's away from the ref. He's like clutching himself, and he like he's like smiling. He winks at the camera. I don't know if you've seen that. He looks more like Sideshow Bob in that when than, they're uh, wasting time. Yeah, but yeah. again, it's like to the referee that looks like obvious distress. Yeah, um, Spurs on the other hand, are, well, are, are on a da- on a Lionel Messi here on a downward curve. Um, they are now on sixty-one points. They've got Arsenal one point behind them, Man United three points behind them, and Chelsea four points behind them. Bear in mind, Chelsea have been shit by the way. They've got a game in hand, and they're only three points off the top four. I couldn't believe it. Uh, on me, uh, is this? Like, I mean, they've lost nine games this season, Spurs, yeah. which is more than anyone in that top six, and they haven't drawn enough games. Is this like the worst blip under Pochettino? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Do you think this considering like, there's not loads of injuries at the moment now either? No, I, I mean you could have probably forgiven him for getting out of the title race when they had the injuries, but, but now actually, they, they sort of kept up with the injuries. For me. I'd focus entirely on the Champions League now because I think they play a brand of football that is actually very dangerous in Europe. Yeah. They play uh, well, a very it's, continental It's dangerous though in terms of that they concentrate on the yeah. Champions League and they don't win it and they fall into fifth. They're going to be playing Europa League football next year. That. And then a lot And for of a team like leave. Spurs that are moving into their new stadium. That revenue money. It's huge. Their new stadium, by the way, I heard this. Uh, I'm oh, not sure how this true is this brilliant. is. Um they were have planned test events and stuff for April. I think they were going to play a Champions League match there at uh, the start of next month. However, they've realised that they haven't left enough space for the players to take corners. Uh, so they're having to push the date back again. Uh, I'm not sure how officially true this is, but this is what I hear on the grapevine. Well, I've got a story about, uh, about five miles down the road from where I was at school. There's a school called Millfield. Uh-huh. which is like specialist sports school like loads of the rugby team went there and stuff and when the Olympics was awarded to the UK they built a swimming uh, uh, complex because uh, 
supposedly because they wanted to put it forward for hosting. So they dug dug the pit for the pool, 50 metres long, but they didn't, like, account for the little touch pads you have to put at each end. So they ended up being four centimetres short of 50 metres, so it could only be used for qualifying. <laughs> oh, well, some people yeah. just don't think, do they? They yeah. don't think. Um, anything else to say on that game? Um, I thought Walker Peters could potentially have been sent off for pulling Armstrong back. As yes, a result, yeah. Ward Prowse scored the free kick. But I think if he doesn't bring him down, he's played in on goal there. Bit yeah. of a difficult one. Uh, I also thought Sissoko should have been sent off. He yes, should definitely the have been sent one. off. Raked his studs down the back of. It's not even. It's not during the challenge. It's like after the ball's gone. He had that, a few nibbles it? at him before yeah. that as well. He's the, a nasty piece of work, isn't he? He's when a he, bit, when he's he gets a twat, wound up. For me, the the red card comes when he puts his head in. Yeah, that's um, the that's the deal breaker. They only got yellow cards. Uh, I haven't seen anything about retrospective action on that. Do you well, think if the ref says he's seen it? Then there won't be. That's the worst rule yeah. that's ever happened in the Premier League. That's like, basically an admittance of going the refs are a bit shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, the next game was the late kickoff on Saturday. It's Man City versus Watford. It finished three-one to Manchester City. Um, Watford have lost all 10 of their Premier League games against sides starting the day top of the table scoring just 9 and conceding 29 sumptuous Sterling I've written here was brilliant Um, however the first goal for City first half was a bit rare but um, but I was eating curry so I didn't really mind that much Uh, so you were a bit there as well I was a bit I was celebrating so hard after that uh, Everton (coughs) uh, Newcastle game it was just mental um I loved it. Uh, I was sort of on a, this massive high, but yeah, first goal offside, uh, a million percent. Now it's an interesting one because the the rules, uh, but it, the referee obviously doesn't know the rules here. Yeah, is it Paul Tierney was the ref? Yeah, I think so. And it, mm, he's obvi- he must have overruled his assistant. But his assistant's in line. Yeah, but I think it's the fact that the they're trying to work out what the rule is in that Jan Mack kicks the ball off but Sterling, Sterling but he Sterling makes the move to yeah. go to the ball. So this is the like to kick the ball. Again, it's just not knowing the rules. Yep. Um there's been a lot of that this year, more than I would say in previous years. Of um officials not really knowing the rules and then the rules flying around on social media after the game. Did I see... I think I saw this fact. Since the start of last season, in all competitions, Sterling's been involved in 60 goals. He is... I'm going to ask you a question now. Didn't I answer it the other day? No. Don't think so. But 13-minute hat-trick for Sterling, who is unreal, by the way. I said on Sunday, and I'm sure people will uh, will disagree with me, in that, for me, at this moment in time, Sterling is the best player, or maybe second best player in the world at this moment in time. Who better than Mbappe? Messi. Messi. Ah, downward curve Messi. <laughs> he uh, can have a downward curve for the next four seasons and still be better than everyone in the world. Well, do you know what's obvious to me is that Messi has listened to my words there and used it to inspire him yeah, to greater th- things. I mean, that season. is the obvious thing, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Sterling's right up there. Do you the think that he's City's main man at the moment? With with yeah. Guardiola dropping players like Aguero, Silva, Sane, he never drops Sterling. 
Correct. Most important player for City? Yeah. At you notice actually sometimes when Aguero goes off, Sterling goes up top. Yeah. If Jesus isn't on the pitch. I just think he is. For me, normally, we were talking about this last night. Um, normally, the most improved player in like a in a kids football team goes to the little fat kid, basically me, that um, uh, didn't win any other award. However, Sterling in the last two seasons has shown unbelievable, um, like mental learning. Like he's learned how to learn. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, and uh, he's been just absolutely phenomenal. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I can't praise him enough. And that's down to for me down to Guardiola, and says that for me Guardiola is the best manager in the world at this moment in time if they win the champ I mean I don't think they'll do the quad but if they did it would just be I would say that part of that was like a big part of that was down to Sterling because he's been so good his stats don't lie um, Watford got a consolation goal seconds after bringing Dini and Delefeo on uh, but they rested those players for the they FA like Cup next week or eight changes didn't they yeah um, I find it interesting that they weren't um, they weren't criticised for doing that when they would have been criticised in the FA Cup but all the players they bought in were players that they have used quite regularly this season it was like a lot of the bench players came in yeah. but they rotate quite well if if Javi Grazia doesn't get a manager of the season nomination I will be furious yeah he's been brilliant I think I think he is really underrated look at his squad his squad is not a top 10 squad for me not at all and he's done wonders again and actually mm. before the first goal they were bang bang will they tight. go down will will they go down or? Oh, it's going to be tight it's going to be tight we're going to go through like what we think the uh, results are going to be at the end of this um, at, when we've done all the games because we've got FA Cup fixtures coming up this weekend as well um, so Next game, Liverpool versus Burnley. This was Sunday at 12 o'clock, which is a bit of a shit time, I think, Sunday at 12 o'clock. But uh, Burnley have dropped more points from winning positions in their 30 Premier League games this season, 10, than they did in the whole of last season, which was nine. Uh, Shaky start for Liverpool, though. Foul on Alisson? Not for me, because for me... Tarkovsky is jumping to play the ball. He's not put his hands on Alisson to stop him getting up. He's... And he's sort of he's almost in the air before he puts his hands on him. Yeah. And like if if I jump next to you and I'm up in the air, I'm not putting my hands on you to stop you getting up. I'm like sort of protecting myself. Like I don't yeah. just want to fall. Um, it's kind of it's like natural instinct to do that, yeah. isn't it? I, I agree. For me, it's not. Uh, it's the goal should stand, um, which it did. Luckily, I, I think the keepers get far too much protection. If that is in the box from a corner, I don't think that's given as a foul. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that Allison doesn't really even try to get up. He just goes down. He just like just accepts that he's got a hand on his shoulder. I would say two hands on the shoulders on each shoulder. One hand on each shoulder, not two hands on each shoulder, but one hand on each shoulder. That's when you're starting to say, okay, now it looks a little bit dodgy, but it's one hand and he's already up in the air by the time he's done it. So there's no weight on Alisson, really. I'm sure there's going to be Liverpool fans who have fight me to the hilt uh, on this, but for me, 
not a penalty. Uh, not a foul, sorry. Um, Liverpool had to fight for the three points, though. Um, are they better when they're coming from behind in terms of uh, position in the league rather than on the pitch? Oh. Yeah, I think um, being at the top doesn't really suit them. Don't have the experience. Uh, I saw a stat that said... Um, they've never not won the league when they've had this many points after this many games. Wow. Yeah, but the last. It's the same was like said the for Man City. Uh, I don't. Well, obviously Liverpool have won a lot more leagues. Yeah, that's true. Man City. Not that I don't want to. Uh, I need to sort of be done in like fifteen. Yeah, that's fine. Actually, yeah, not not that I don't want to be here just because <laughs> of what's happening afterwards. That's fine. Sad. Um, I would sit here and debate until the cows come home. Unlucky uh, Heaton uh, made a couple of mistakes, but individual individual errors cost them the three points. Really pulls them yeah. back into the relegation mix, as we've yeah. spoken about. David commentator was like, "Oh, um, England's top two goalies haven't had a good weekend." It was like, "Yeah, but Tom Heaton's like he's got so much credit in the bank." Yeah, like it happened to me last night. I kicked the ground before I kicked the ball. Not that I'm comparing myself to Tom Heaton at all. But I kicked the ground before I kicked the ball and just kicked it straight to the opponent yeah. who scored. Um, it happens. No real controversial things in this game apart from that Allison situation. Right, it could have been a different result without Burnley's errors. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chelsea versus Wolves next. Finish ones each. Um, of the big clubs not in the top six, Wolves have picked up at least two more points than that of that group than any other Premier League team has this season mm-hmm. which is impressive picked up 10 points uh, I thought Chelsea were quite lucky actually to get a result out of this first half was shit um, Jimenez put Wolves 1-0 up with a good finish uh, is he still on loan or is he because he was on loan for a bit wasn't he I, I don't know if they've signed honestly him. no idea I really like Jota and Jimenez <clears throat> yeah Jimenez uh, was offside I think it was in the f- First half, maybe got called offside. Did an unbelievable finish, like it was mint. Um, but Hazard showed how good he was actually with that finish. Um, <clears throat> he is carrying that team at times. However, do you think he does it enough? Do you think he does enough consistently? No. For Chelsea, no, I no. agree. I, for me, I just he's an unbelievable player technically unbelievable but he doesn't do it week in week out he'll have like a, he might have two good games in a row like unbelievable games but then he won't cut, he won't turn up for a game and it's like well you to play for a Real Madrid to be a Cristiano Ronaldo you have to play 100% but he's each the game physicality of the league he doesn't really like or, but I mean he's played in England for six years now, yeah so. well we'll see if I, 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 I think the move's on now that Zidane's gone back to, to Real Madrid but we'll see um, Wolves quite happy they've gone one point above Watford um, focusing on the FA Cup now I would assume will they be happy with that result yeah definitely um, alright the final game of the Weekend was <coughs> Arsenal versus Manchester United. It finished 2 0 to Arsenal, uh, who have won 12 points from 10 games against the big six sides in the Premier League this season, which is double the, the amount that they won last term. Um, I thought it was an Emery tactical masterclass. Um, and on any other week for me, he would be, uh, he'd be one of my heroes, but unfortunately, he hasn't made it this week. Man United had a lot of chances. Lukaku missed a few. Arsenal's penalty is the thing I want to talk about, though. Penalty. Stonewall 
Stonewall, soft. It, no, it's a soft challenge, but clumsy. Yeah, thighs come together, and then Fred leans into him yeah. for me to penalty. Gary Neville, what are you talking about, mate? Said so it wasn't a penalty. Did you listen? So I've got like the Sky, the Sky Sports like podcast a bit shit because you just get the audio from their discussion in the studio yeah. afterwards, and they do loads of like the analysis that you can see on screen. Uh-huh. You can't see because <laughs> you're listening to it. Him and Carragher having a proper Barney about whether De Gea was a mistake oh. and Carragher's like oh it's not a mistake it's not a mistake and Neville's like it's gone in the middle of the goal yeah it's a mistake for out. me mistake it's not like good a, finish for yeah. but um, yeah mistake for you yeah I think potentially he loses the ball in the because he takes a step to the left and then thinks oh yeah because he didn't really have a reason to take a step to the left no he didn't uh, first loss for Solskjaer they're just they're depleted aren't they it was a bit of a tired performance. Actually, yeah. they had a lot of chances. Lukaku was very wasteful. Well, after uh, their midweek exploits, I would say that they were fairly unlucky, but I thought Arsenal's tactically were brilliant. Arsenal were uh, at home. Give them a bit of credit yeah. for winning. I just don't think that people look at Arsenal and think that they can they win those sort of games, but actually this season they've been, they've been really, really good. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they're getting enough credit for what... I, I don't think Emery's getting enough credit. Bear in mind, we talk about managers needing a certain amount of transfer windows. I think he's been I think he's been excellent. I think he's been excellent. Um, anything else to say on that game? I know we've scooted over Ooh. it. But we've got the big one next. Bolton we won. won. But we're still going to go down. Still going to go down. But you won. You're five points off Millwall, who you played. Uh, you won 2-1. 10 games to play players still haven't been paid by the way I saw that yesterday oh we're going to go down we're going to go down uh, I think you can get a couple of good results but Hopefully. I still think it, I, yeah. still, I don't think it'll be enough um, staying in the championship want to talk about Birmingham Villa incident oh dear not good no not good Alan Shearer said points deduction I just yeah so I listened to an interesting debate on this and the reason that a lot of pundits are calling for a points deduction is whilst that could set a dangerous precedent because you could get people going in to like who may be in a tight relegation battle say you get like a Southampton fan goes into a Cardiff end and then runs on the pitch yeah gets himself arrested and banned from ever going to Cardiff's ground but Cardiff end up with a points deduction so yeah. that's like you can't have any control over that I just yeah I'd, I'd Say two games with no fans. Yeah, on the ground, I think yeah, a stadium ban is is the way forward. I just think it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, um, what's happened there? Uh, and he said, didn't he? Oh, I didn't know what came over me. That's not. That's an not excuse. an excuse, idiot. Um, next one: Zidane signed a contract at Madrid until twenty twenty two. Thoughts? It's just a bit bit laughable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he left, didn't he? He wasn't fired. Yeah. It's just a. I think it's a, a weird one. They're a bit depleted. Isn't Vinicius out for a, a quite a while? I think this season's a write-off now. I yeah. mean, they they were up there Their in my squad's not that good. They were up there in my losers after going out to Ajax, after losing to Barcelona and going out of the Copa del Rey. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you'll win another Champions League anytime soon. No. Um, Alright, England squad's announced tomorrow Quickly we're going to go through our Who we think is going to get picked And who we're going to um, 
who our starting eleven would be. So my goalkeepers would be Heaton, Pickford, and Foster. Uh, I've gone for four because Southgate's done that quite a lot recently. I've gone Pickford, Heaton, McCarthy, and Foster. Yeah, McCarthy would probably be my fourth if I was going to have I four. I just don't think playing in the Championship you can pick Butland. Pick He's Butland. had a bit of a up and down season. I, I hear mean, as I'd well pick, for Stoke. I'd pick him over Pickford after the weekend. Yeah, well, Pickford's always going to get. Annoyed, in. This yeah. is kind of a mix of. I didn't say this, but this is kind of a mix of like. Um, what we would pick and what we think Southgate will pick. Uh-huh. Um, so defenders-wise, I'm struggling for centre-back. So defenders-wise, I've gone for Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw, Chilwell, Juan Basaka, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Dyer. The reason for this is I think centre-back-wise, Dyer and Walker can play there. Mm-hmm. And I think he trusts those players to do that. Uh, Whereas I can't think of anyone... English that I would want to call up at this moment in time. Yeah, so I've gone Walker, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Wan-Bissaka as my right-backs. I've gone Chilwell and Shaw as my left-backs. Stones and Maguire are the obvious first-choice centre-halves. Uh-huh. <clears throat> then I've picked Tarkovsky, because I think Southgate will pick Tarkovsky. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I've picked Connor Cody, because I think... Interesting. Uh, certainly from what I've read, they, a lot of pundits feel like he's going to be called up. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting one. Midfielders, I've gone for Sterling and Sancho as the wide players. Then I've gone Rice, Loftus Cheek, Deli Ali, James Madison, Jordan Henderson, James Ward Prowse, and Fabian Delph if he's fit. Uh, Just I'll, because I think he'll pick Delph. Yeah. I wouldn't pick him and I wouldn't pick Henderson either. Have we got almost the same? So I've gone Henderson, I've picked Dyer in midfield. I don't think Delph's fit, so that's why I think. And I think Dyer will get him so he can cover centre cool. half. Rice, because it would be silly if he didn't pick him based on what's happened in the media recently. Uh, Barkley, Winks, Ward-Prowse, Ali, Loftus-Cheek, James Madison. Winks. Everyone knows my thoughts on Winks. Everyone knows my thoughts on Winks. One day we'll do a Winks podcast and I'll go through all of the stats of why he is massively overrated. Anyway, forwards, I've gone Kane, Wilson, Rashford. Yeah, same. And then I've put Sterling and Sancho in my forwards. So I've yeah. picked a 27-man squad. Mine was 23. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Andros Townsend snuck in just to give us an added option out wide. I'd like that. Because he's got England experience. Actually, he was a player who stepped up when he played for England. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be totally against that, to be honest. Now, my starting eleven would be. Uh, everyone loves. Everyone knows I love a four-four-two. So I've got Heaton, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw at the back, Ward, Prowse, and Madison in the middle. Ward, Prowse sitting just a little bit more. Uh, Sterling and Sancho on the wings, and Kane and Rashford up front. I've gone for a four-three-three that can sort of morph into a four-two-three-one. Uh, Heaton in goal. Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw back four. Rice sitting in front of them with Ward Prowse and Deli Alley as the other midfielders. And then Sancho, Sterling and Kane up front. It's harsh on Rashford, but I think if he wants to play centre forward, he's going to have to come off the bench. Yeah, fair enough. Kane's captain. Fair so. enough. Yeah, Kane captain. Um, all right then, on to the second last thing for today. Zero to hero. Oh, we haven't gone through the fixtures, but sod it. It's... There's not very. There's only six yeah, games this weekend. Right. Sod it. Zero to hero. Uh, right, my. Uh, what are we doing here? Who's first? Who? What were the results from last week? Uh, I don't actually know. I haven't looked. I think you won again. Bastard. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is with this. Now we're doing it every week. I have to flick through this bloody thing all the time. So, 
Uh, Bournemouth got 42%, which was mine. Klopp got 58%. Then Emery got 27 and De Gea got 73 So you won. Yeah, I think you picked your hero first last week. Okay, so... Because I had to... No, yeah, no, I think you picked your hero All right. first. So... You're picking your zero. Uh, I'm picking my zero first this week. So yeah. my honorary mentions for but zero. Then we do hero first every time. Oh, do we? From hero to zero. I do it wrong every. I think it's zero to hero. Is it not? Well, I've got hero to zero written. Zero to hero. Let's go uh-huh. zero first. So honorary mentions for uh-huh. my zero. Real Madrid. Uh-huh. Everton, Silver, Pickford, all of those referees in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But my zero this week has is going to. Birmingham City and the fan that punched Jack Grealish. Oh, yeah, fair dues. Uh, my zero nominees are Jordan Pickford, yeah, being a prize a prat. <laughs> uh, David de Gea for not getting up to his high standards. I've picked Sarri again because in his post match he was like. Uh, Wolves didn't want to play football today they're not actually really very good they just came and defended and they didn't even defend that well and it was like (laughs) yeah you only scored once they must have have done something Uh, and then I've gone my zero this week is Paul Tierney who is the ref oh sorry I missed Paul Pogba off that list oh well he's he's always there I've missed Paul uh, Paul Tierney was the ref who awarded Sterling's goal and clearly didn't know the rules because it was a very silly decision Fair enough. So that's who I've gone for. And your hero? My hero nominees are Newcastle for winning their fifth game in a Yay. row at home. James Ward-Prowse for an absolutely unbelievable free kick. Uh-huh. Roy Hodgson because he took charge of his 300th game in the English leagues as a manager. Uh-huh. Jamie Vardy for his 100th goal for Leicester. Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> Should have seen Josh's face there. He's buzzing. Uh, Harry Kane for his 200th career yeah. goal. Uh, my winner this week is Raheem Sterling. Cool. For a hat trick. Was that going to be yours? No. Okay. Mine is interesting for once. So my honorary mention Sterling for the hat trick. Uh, Perez, uh, Perez for his two goals and a brilliant performance. Benitez for his tactical masterclass. Um, there was three strikers that, that uh, hit goal records, Wilson, uh, Kane and Vardy. But my hero this week goes to something and s- people that we haven't spoken about at all in this podcast today, and that is the England women's football team. Oh, they were going to be my heroes last week. You but see, I forgot do you know what happened? Down. I wrote mine down. Yeah. So England, oh, wing, England women's football in general for me. Have you seen what's happened today? This is what's been no. announced. They're having a separate kit to the men. Brilliant. Yeah. Is it pink? No. So <laughs> I'm the joking. The home kit's got like floral patterns on it. You are. The home kit's got like floral designs on it. Yeah. And then they've got a dark red away top. Oh, I like it. Um, yes, uh, they won the She Believes Cup last week. Brilliant performance against Japan in the uh, in the final game, and they beat the US they for that. The US. Well, for the trophy, I mean. Um, so yes, mine this week is the England women's football team. Excellent. Now, the last thing for today, because you have to go, uh, is JB's tiny tip. Again, we won last week. We buzzing. Did. Let's hope that you can pick another one up this week. Well, there's what? not too much to choose from. Well, you, you don't have to go Premier League, you know. Oh, but I want to go Premier League. Okay, that's go my on area then. Of expertise. 
Is it? Can we find some <laughs> odds for Liverpool to beat Fulham and scoring more than 3.5 goals? Yes, we can. Liverpool to beat Fulham uh, and scoring over 3.5 goals. Uh, oh, bloody hell. Where are we? Over under goals. Here we go. Oh, Liverpool to win and to have more than over three goals. Four. T- uh, I have absolutely no idea where that is. Oh, we've had it before. I can have Liverpool. Liverpool to win and over two and a half goals in the match or over three and a half goals in the match. What are the odds? Four to six. On three and a half. Two and a half. What's it on three and a half? 11 to 8 oh they're not very good odds what about 4 and a half 11 to 4 hmm do we just go for a consolidating bet for this week okay what on that over 3 and a half goals I reckon they'll stuff them they're shit at the back okay that's 11 to 8 so we'll get like Two quid. Yeah. That's a <coughs> shit one for this week. But we're up though. Wasn't pardon. I think we're up in terms of the money yeah. that you've earned. The the your saving grace was that lovely thirteen pounds. Yeah, on a nil nil. On a nil nil. Uh, anything else to say? No, I'm just about to go and ruin myself in the gym. <laughs> okay. Uh and I'm not. Um Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll put our here to zero up on what day is it now? On Wednesday morning. Um, if you've got any questions or you want to disagree with me and Josh or agree with us for once, uh, then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at JaffPod, and you can hashtag JaffPod on either of those, and we'll be checking those out. Um, nothing else to say. No. We'll be back next week with a half Premier League, half FA Cup thing going on. Um, and over the next few weeks, we might try and get to a Bolton game. Oh. How would you fancy that? Um, maybe. We'll see what's going on. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.